1: And a very happy Friday morning to you. It is March 3rd, 7 a.m. David and Brenda with you on The Morning Blend. Thank you so much for being with us today as we uh, slowly inch toward the weekend.
2: Oh, yeah.
1: This is our first, like going back several weeks, this is our first full five-day week without getting snowed or holidays or whatever vacation days vacation.
2: yeah it's uh this, these regular work hours for me <laughs> i'm i'm yeah. not quite too sure about that anymore
1: yeah you know that new study shows that four-day work week
2: <laughs> i don't even know how hit. that would work with a live show but yeah, okay be hard you know i i'm okay i've worked a five-day work shift but you know what working at Monterey radio Hardly feels That's like work right. at all. This it's is the best joy. two hours of the morning.
1: <laughs> That's exactly right. So I have a question for you.
2: Okay, I try to have an answer. All
1: right. So if I said to you, "Can you take your phone device? Yes. Turn it off. Okay. And not look at it for twenty-four hours? Could you do that? Right now. Right now. I could do okay, it right now. Then do it.
2: No, I can't right now.
1: <laughs> take it. No, I'm, I'm saying right now. Can you do that? Uh,
2: you know, it's funny. Uh, I could probably do that, like if I needed to give up social media and things like that. But if I'm looking at, you know, what's happening like right now, I already know I'm gonna want to check the traffic on the way home because yesterday uh, I got around a really bad traffic accident that snarled traffic. Right. So that's really a necessity. Sure. Uh, I use my phone to pray the rosary uh, with Archbishop Sample, but I'm pretty sure I could do that uh, by myself, but I do feel like I need to be in contact or stay connected with kids. So, yeah. uh, I, I don't know that I would want to leave it off completely.
1: When you were young, did you feel like you had to stay connected with your parents?
2: Oh, no. Okay. I didn't want to. <laughs> I didn't want to. So
1: what's the difference now? Isn't
2: that funny how we've become accustomed to doing things a certain yeah. way and now we rely on it.
1: Yeah. The reason I ask that question is because today is national day of unplugging. Oh, where it's asking can you go 24 hours without being plugged in and yes. so that's why I asked that question it's a it's kind of an existential question here's in a sense, the
2: thing but... though anymore we have become so reliant on our technology right. for our calendars for being able to connect with people I wouldn't I don't have a home phone right all I have is a cell phone so if I got unplugged I would be off the grid if yeah. I didn't have my phone. So it's funny how, you know, we've really come yeah. relying on things. Could I spend a day outside of the emergency things? Right. Could I spend a day unplugged without looking at a computer or a phone? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I could do that. But it, it again, though, like I said, like me, like so many other people, we just don't even have a home phone number anymore. Yeah. We just use our cell phones all the time. Sure,
1: absolutely. No, I, I mean, it's it's an interesting question. And again, I kind of related back to what I was saying about when you were growing up. Why is it so different now? Why is it that we feel the need to have to be that connected versus as when I was a kid growing up? No big deal. Mm -hmm. But all we had was a telephone, a
2: telephone and a TV. That's it,
1: you know, with with three stations.
2: (laughs) That's right, and
1: radio, of course, was there. But there wasn't this need to feel like you always had to be connected to whatever this case may be. Right. So it's an interesting question. It is an interesting.
2: But you could look at it backwards. You didn't know. I mean, how to True. be connected in that way. So you yeah. didn't just, you don't miss it. You don't miss what you don't have yeah. or don't know about. So, no, it was good. Go outside in the front yard and play. Back in the days when neighborhood kids lived in the neighborhood and all the moms yeah. and dads made sure everybody was safe. Uh, we just don't kind of live in that kind of society yeah. anymore. It's, so. It was a
1: simpler time. It was a simpler time. Yeah. I mean,
2: go back to the Garden of Eden. Yeah. Why did we ever yeah. leave that? Yeah. I it's, mean, my goodness, everything was provided for us. Yeah. So
1: well anyway something to think about you know could you do it i, I you know I, I pose that question just because it is it would be tough it would be I, you tough. know i could i could do it easily i but where the rub would be would people trying to get a hold of me like my wife would go, "Hey, I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't get a, get a hold I, of you. I couldn't you. get a hold of you. I
2: needed you to bring home milk. <laughs>
1: That's right.
2: Get back out there.
1: <laughs> it's, it's so,
2: but again, yeah, for outside emergency things, I, I think it's good from time to time. to Yeah, do that. well,
1: yeah. I mean, obviously, benefits certainly, but anyway, I just posed the question today. So, anyway, what do you have coming up?
2: Well, David. No more free rooms at the Vatican. Okay. Pope Francis is tightening the financial belt at the Holy See. I'll what, tell you what. What are they
1: charging for a room now? I, I, I want to know. know. I
2: want to stay in the, uh, <laughs> do they have a Lincoln bedroom there? I'm going <laughs> to stay in the Pope Paul VI room.
1: Okay, very good. And uh, weather-wise, we do have a winter weather advisory what? again for tomorrow morning. We'll talk about that in the weather. I bring that up because the snow in California I mean, oh. it's been particularly the Sierras and things. It's amazing. We'll report on that.
2: All right. We got a great show ahead for you this Friday morning. Here's John Finch with Wildfire. We are David and Brenda on the morning blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life.
3: You are my heart's one desire cleanse my soul with your fire and you make me anew you are a flame alive in me within my heart burning deep you shine through the dark you shine through the dark Ready, wild, and free Oh, it's burning, burning, burning Like a wildfire in me As the ember fades away My soul gets tired, I need your grace
1: It is John Finch and Wildfire. It is 710 at Mater Dei Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. David and Brenda with you on this Friday morning, the first week of March, just like that. Right right on through it. And we're going to touch base with our good friend, Ed Longwa. He is the Director of Communications at Catholic Charities of Oregon. They've got just a great variety of stories we're going to tell you about coming
4: right up
5: Join Machu Radio and Monsignor John Sayak with a morning blessing. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy
3: Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we beg you for your blessing this day,
1: knowing how good you are and how you treat us, not according to our sinfulness, but according to your mercy.
3: We ask you to bless all the people listening, wherever they are in their homes, in their cars, at work, and that you would give them the grace that they need to be holy this day.
6: You
1: would send the Holy Spirit to them, would send our Blessed Mother Mary to intercede for us. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit descend upon you and remain with you forever. Amen.
6: For more
5: prayer resources and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit MachoDayRadio.com
1: Support for Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Jeff Kane at North Point Bank in Vancouver. North Point Bank brings value to customers through client-focused home loan programs, including new construction, renovation options, financing for rental properties, and more. Learn more at northpoint.com. That's northpoint,
5: P-O-I-N-T-E, dot com. Equal Housing Lender, member FDIC. This Lent, Mater Dei Radio is teaming up with Ave Maria Press for the dynamic program, Return. Join Father John Burns on the Hail Mary Media app as he guides you through prayer and meditation into a fuller experience of Easter's joy. And that's what I wanted to carry through the
0: journal is the desire of God, not just that we would turn away from sin, that we'd come back, but that the return would be wholehearted. But The why for all of our Lenten practices really has to be for love, especially in view of a turning from sin and coming into communion with Jesus, who was in love with us and is trying to draw
5: us into that divine embrace. Journey through Lent with the Hail Mary Media app. Download it now by searching Hail Mary Media in the App Store, Google Play, or go to Matardayradio.com for more details and prepare for the fullness of Easter's joy with Father John Burns and the Return Program on the Hail Mary Media app from matri Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life.
1: 713 at Mater Day Radio. Just taking a look at the weather. There is a winter weather advisory in the greater Portland area for really early tomorrow morning like at 4 a.m. through noon on Saturday for the possibility of wet snow, probably going to be a little warmer, particularly above the uh, 1,000 foot mark. So just be prepared for that. If you're going to be doing any driving tomorrow, particularly up here in the greater Portland area, yeah, there is that possibility of snow. Then we will see a high of 44 degrees on Saturday, 43, 44, down to about 34 degrees overnight tonight. Then for Sunday, again, kind of showery, wintry mix. So it's just not going to give up.
2: It is not going to give up. It is a chilly 39 39- degrees at the Proto-Cathedral of St. James the Greater in Vancouver.
1: And 39 degrees right up here at the Day Radio Studios.
2: Well, Scripture tells us that there is an appointed time for everything, the time for every affair under heaven. And if we read further in Ecclesiastes, it says, I recognize there is nothing better than to rejoice and do well during life. Well, in his new book, author Anthony Stefano introduces us to Greenlee. And in the pages of Greenlee is growing both young and old, celebrate the four seasons and how they align with the seasons of our own lives. Anthony is the author of many best-selling books, including A Traveler's Guide to Heaven and, of course, The Donkey that no one could rhyme. Anthony is with me today to share more about his new book. Good morning, Anthony. Thank you so much for joining the show again.
7: Good morning. It's so great to be with you.
2: Well, first, Anthony, I've got to say, Greenlee—that's such a beautiful name. Tell us a little bit about who she is.
7: Well, actually, uh, I have a goddaughter named Greenlee, and it's a huh. rather uncommon name, and um, it just so happens that it fits perfectly with this concept for a, for the book because, you know, Greenlee—I think—while uh, it's uncommon, it also reminds people of the word evergreen. And, and that's a theme of, of the book, which I'll, which I'll be happy to talk about. But it is a real name of a little girl who's four and a half now and was three and a half when, uh, when I first sold this book.
2: Well, Anthony, we'll talk more about in the pages of the book, and we learned throughout it that as Greenlee grows through each season, well, it's really kind of a discussion on her own life. When you were writing this book, not only were you thinking about Greenlee, but were you maybe even thinking about the own seasons in which you lived your faith through your own life?
7: Absolutely. This book is about everyone. Um you know, we we do meet the main character. She's named Greenlee, and we meet her in the springtime of her childhood, if you will. But the book follows her along through the, the the summer of her youth and the autumn of her adulthood. And at the end of the book, uh, Greenlee is an elderly gray-haired lady knitting by the fire in the winter uh, of her life. Uh, so the book really shows her whole lifespan, and it's supposed to be like all of us have a long lifespan. And I wanted to write this book, especially to show children that they shouldn't be afraid of change. Uh, Children and adults are very much afraid of change. But I also wanted to show them that every season of life um, holds the potential for profound joy, and that even even in the winter of our lives, uh, there's hope for a new springtime. And of course, we Christians call that new springtime heaven Mm. and the resurrection. So I think the ultimate goal of this book was to show children and adults, too, uh, that uh, there's a very hopeful vision for the future.
2: Anthony DiStefano is joining us today. We are talking about his wonderful new book for young and old alike, Greenly is Growing. Well, Anthony, you look back on your life, and I would say both definitely for you and I, we would not be in the winter of it, but really in just kind of this active season of life, enjoying and being able to look back at what we've been through and where we're going forward. In each season, did you kind of place in that some of the parts that really are the best of what we experience both in our spring in our summer in our fall and in the winter of our lives yes i see th- and i think it's such an important
7: point to emphasize especially today uh, and even in especially in this country where youth seems to be so worshiped and as you get older you are there's a tendency to dismiss people more who are older uh, and sometimes unfortunately even discard people who are older. But in every age of life, there are wonderful qualities. Of course, childhood is that magical golden period. The whole world is new. G.K. Chesterton said that inside those oversized heads of little babies, you know, was a whole universe, just like on the seventh day of creation. Everything is new. And, and of course, youth is wonderful with, with freedom and first love and, and, and the fact that you don't have tremendous responsibilities yet. But adulthood is great too. You're you're at the peak of your powers, and you know you're um, you're it's your turn to run the world, and, and also you're you're starting family, your families of your own, and you, you have the incomparable joy, really, of raising young children, and and finally old age. While it is challenging, I mean, there's lots of physical challenges and health challenges. There's also plenty of ex- uh, pleasures to experience because you don't have the great responsibility of raising kids. Instead, you have the delight of of grandchildren, and and hopefully also you know yourself better, and you've acquired some wisdom that can help uh, other people. You know the tempests of youth youth have passed somewhat, and 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 finally you're more de- you're usually more deeply religious and closer to God when you're older, and that brings a, a tranquility and a, and, a, and a peace. The, you know the Bible says over a hundred times that we shouldn't be afraid, and the reason is that God has a plan, God's in charge, and we have to trust Him, and I and I hope this book imparts that message by showing that that there's nothing to be afraid of uh, when it comes to the passage of of the seasons. And and that's why at the end of the book, the most important line, I think, is it says, um, you know, brave the harsh weather and don't be afraid. The end of the year God also has made. I think that's really the, the key to the whole book.
2: Well, Anthony, what a wonderful gift, I think, for a child to go, well, my my godfather wrote this book for me, (laughs) and to see your name in these pages, have you had an opportunity to read your book to Little Greenlee?
7: You know, I haven't yet, but her mom has, and a lot of other people have, so I think she's memorized the book uh, at this point, Uh, but I look forward to it. I'm going to see her in about a week, and uh, she, she... you know, she actually told me one time, you know, I, you know I, I, she said she wanted me to write a book for her. And I said, well, what do you want me to write a book about? I thought she was going to say something like puppies or kittens or something like that. And she said, Uncle Anthony, I want you to write a book about everything, everything. And, and, and I, I thought to myself, how the heck do I write a book about everything? And then I got this idea about telling the whole of a person's life. And, you know, I think that's, that's very important. Um, and it's a point I'd like to make for your listeners, uh, how important it is to have perspective. You know, hopefully this book will give some children uh, some perspective on life. Children as well as adults often live too much for the present moment. You know, they care too much about instant gratification, and instant pleasures. Everything is about, you know, me, 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 and I want this now, and if I don't get it, you know, watch out. But that's, that's the recipe for a very unhappy life. You know, you, you have to think about the big picture, because many times in life we, we, we can't have what we, what we want. In fact, many times in the present moment, what we get is pain and, and suffering. Uh, you know, the old monks in the Middle Ages, they used to have a saying in Latin that I'm very fond of, quid ac ad attorney totem. What is this in light of eternity? What is this little problem I'm dealing with now in light of all the big things, serious things in life, like suffering and death and heaven and hell? Having this vision of the future, of the end of things, I think helps to make us better able to deal deal with all the irritating and painful problems that we encounter on a daily basis, you know, and and, and it helps us to avoid being overwhelmed and avoid suffering from massive anxiety, you know, and 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 that's part of what I'm trying to, to convey in this book, I think.
2: Oh, Anthony, you are really touching my heart and hearing all of that. And, you know, recently on The Morning Blend, we talked about how technology is really kind of taking over in some cases more than it should be and how people have replaced things like books and have gone to their screen time on their phone. This is a book, I think for sure, that parents and grandparents need to pick up and sit down and read there is something beautiful I imagine as you as an author would appreciate and agree with to have a book in hand and to sit down and turn these pages with your children it's time together for sure
7: oh for sure and you know the point you just made is so important and this ties into Lent by the way Lent is all about sacrificing and fasting and this book does emphasize the the simple pleasures of life not the luxuries I think that in so many ways We've all gotten used to living uh, a kind of artificial life, you know, whether it's a life lived through social media or through all the cable TV shows we watch or all the video games we play or the amount of time, you know, we spend on our smartphones or our tablets or or, some of the scary things coming up in the near future, like you know virtual reality and artificial intelligence? I mean, as a society, we're just completely immersed and engulfed in this technology, and it's all artificial it's all pretend, and a lot of it is just distraction from real life. I think that what you're saying here is very true that you know the greatest joys in life are still the simple ones
8: mm-hmm.
7: uh, experiences that we could that can be enjoyed regardless of who you are and regardless of how much money you have, what your politics. And that's, those are the pleasures I try to show greenly enjoying in this book, like running outside in the sunshine, enjoying the beauty of animals and nature, you know, drinking hot cocoa on a chilly night, you know, spending time with your relatives, with your loved ones. And I think when, when people understand that the simple pleasures are the best, they're able to live more in a state of gratitude and appreciation. And because of that, they're already rich because they're, they're already living in a state of abundance, and, and that's a key to happiness. And, and, in, and in Lent, you know, we fast and we sacrifice, and, and in addition to strengthening, strengthening our will, that also helps us to appreciate things more. So I hope that the fact that Lent is about appreciating things that we're giving up more uh, will dovetail with the, the idea that this book is trying to extol the simple pleasures of life.
2: Well, sure to be another classic favorite for every Catholic family, every family out there. Please check it out. Anthony, tell our listeners where they can get a copy of Greenlee is Growing. Well, luckily, this, this book is
7: being published by Penguin Random House, so it's got a very wide distribution, and you can get it uh, wherever books are sold, to use the cliche, on, online, on Amazon, uh, at all your Catholic bookstores, Barnes & Noble, uh, pretty much everywhere.
2: Well, fantastic. Anthony, thank you so much. Thank you so much also for introducing us to Greenlee today. Thank you for having me. And again, that is Anthony DiStefano. I will be sure to add a link to where you can find out more information about Young Greenlee and where you can get a copy for yourself. I'll put that link on the podcast of this interview at MaterDayRadio.com and on the Hail Mary media app.
1: And it is 725 at Mater Dei Radio. David and Brenda with you. Hey, did you hear? We hit 2,000 downloads.
2: I saw that yesterday.
1: 2,000 downloads on the Hail Mary Media app. That is fantastic. Thank you to everyone who has downloaded it. If you haven't done so yet, remember it is free. All the information on our website at materdayradio.com
7: Healthcare sharing has been around for decades and began out of the Christian tradition of neighbor helping neighbor. That's the premise Solidarity HealthShare was built on. We're a nonprofit medical cost sharing ministry in which our family of members share in each other's eligible medical expenses. Solidarity HealthShare is not insurance, but an alternative way to pay for medical costs that adheres to Catholic Church teachings. We never share into medical care that goes against our morals. More information at SolidarityHealthShare.org.
1: What do the famous Batmobile, Lovebug, and Mystery Machine have in common? They were all given to Mater Day Radio's vehicle donation program. Well, not really, but they could have been, and you could do the same. If you have a car, truck, van, RV, or boat that you no longer need, consider donating it to Mater Day Radio. It's quick and easy and a likely tax deduction for you, and you'll be supporting uplifting Catholic radio programs. Information on our website at materderadio.com.
0: The Morning Blend, a triple shot of Catholicism, conversation, and coffee. On the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Monterey Radio.
1: 727 at Monterey Radio. And what a year in the California Sierras. We'll have the story in the news.
2: And no more free rooms at the Vatican. Pope Francis tightens the financial belt, the Holy See. I'll have that story for you, plus more coming up in the news. Here's Teresa Peterson and faithful we are the morning blend right here at Mater Day Radio.
9: In the silence surrounding me, in the stillness.
1: That is Teresa Peterson and Faithful. 731 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life.
2: And in your news, a new rescript from Pope Francis will mean an increase in the cost of housing for senior Vatican officials, a belt tightening measure that is part of a broader effort to centralize the assets of the Holy See. And the document explains that Pope Francis has decided to abolish any arrangement for the use of free or advantageous lodgings for cardinals, heads of dicasteries, presidents, secretaries, subsecretaries, managers, and the equivalents. The prices of flats intended for other employees would not be affected. The motivation for the decision, the document explains, is that of meeting the growing commitments that the Holy See is facing for the fulfillment of the services of the universal church and the needy And therefore, the need to reserve the apostolic see more resources also by increasing the revenues of the real estate management. So no free uh, night, David, for Catholic broadcasters (laughs) in the uh, Portland metro area.
1: I'll be ready for that. Well, we have had a snowy February in Portland. What a winter it's been in California, especially when it comes to snowfall. Almost 12 feet of the white stuff has piled up at Donner Pass in California's Sierra Nevada Mountains in the past seven days, running through March 1st, and more snow is expected this weekend. So five months into this water year, beginning October 1st, more than 44 feet has fallen at the University of California, Berkeley's Field Research Station in the Sierras. That's more than double the medium by the time this year university's snow lab manager said it is the snowiest October through February, dating back to 1970. Wow. Ski resorts in the Tahoe region have unofficially received over 30 feet of snowfall, including February totals. Western states, especially California, led the country in snowfall since the beginning of October, according to data from the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. So yeah
10: what a relief
2: i was watching a news report and they were talking about how uh immediate relief was in many areas because of the rainfall they had but it's the long-term runoff as the snow melts into the spring and summer months that's really going to benefit the state no no doubt about it well father michael kruber has been appointed as the new hispanic ministry director the archdiocese of portland Father Mike, as he's known to his congregation, has long been preaching to first-generation Hispanic immigrants and their children spreading the gospel from the St. Anne Parish in Gresham, where he served for more than seven years, first as a deacon in 1999, then as a pastor from 2002 to 2009, then to the, the Church of the Assumption in Richfield, Minnesota, a parish with a large Hispanic population, where he served from 2014 to 2020. Now, since that time, Father Mike was an adjunct professor Professor of Preaching at the Catholic University of America. Now, currently, in addition to leading the Hispanic ministry, he teaches homiletics to seminarians at Mount Angel Seminary. His new book, Preaching to Latinos, Welcoming the Hispanic Moment in the U.S. Church, was recently released. In it, Kuber provides readers with the best practices for reaching to and leading their churches. Well,
1: you will soon see a new look of Portland police cars patrolling the streets of the Rose City. The Bureau announced yesterday that it has spent a little over $10 million on 144 patrol cars at about $70,000 each. The fleet of the new marked patrol cars are upgraded with new features and have a solid black color scheme instead of the blue and white. The Bureau had 66 of the new cars in its possession, and 78 are still in production. The Bureau waited almost two years for the new cars due to supply chain issues in the auto industry, according to a Portland Police spokesman. Now, the first batch of updated vehicles will hit the road next week, with the rest being deployed over the next two months. Now, most are Ford Intercept utility vehicles. They're a hybrid an all-wheel drive model. Nice. I saw a photo of them. They're they're pretty sleek looking. Yes. So they do have like some new light features and things on them as well. One of the things I mentioned to you is, so if you have several of the cars stopped at, say, it's night and their lights mm-hmm. are on, rather than having these lights flashing all over, they're set to sync. So they're flashing at the same time. All together. All together, I yeah. think
2: that is fabulous. Yeah. That's a really great feature. Yeah.
1: So anyway, going to be hitting the street soon.
2: Well, despite growing resistance, the Oregon Department of Transportation has been moving quickly with the new tolling for I-205 and I-5 around Portland. Sometime next fall, ODOT expects to roll out the first of these tolls on the Abernathy and Tualatin River bridges along I-205 near Oregon City. But a new bill working its way through the Oregon legislature would force ODOT to hit the brakes on its plans. Under the bill, the Oregon Transportation Commission would not be able to assess tolls, though it would allow for tolling on the I-5 bridge over the Columbia River, Old or New Bridge. Now, ODOT says they need the tolls on the bridges to pay for construction. ODOT also argues that they need the tolling to pay for the gas tax money that they are losing to electric vehicles and more efficient cars and trucks. All right. So they they told us how much tolling is going to be across those Abernathy to Walton River bridges. Get your slide rule out because <laughs> you're going to need a little bit of a smarts here to figure it all out. Yeah. Now between six and nine, and three to seven, it'll cost you between a dollar sixty-five and two dollars and twenty dollars. Of course, depending on the day of the week. Yeah. Now, between five and six, nine and 10, one and three, and seven and eight, <laughs> it's going to be a dollar to cross the bridge. And then from 11 to five, it'll be 55 cents to cross the bridge. That's 11 p.m. to 5 a.m. Right. And then 10 a.m. to one, and 8 p.m. to 11, 65 cents. Okay. You got that all figured out?
1: Yeah. It, well, it sounds like the busy drive times will be the expensive times.
2: Exactly. Yeah,
1: all right. Okay, well, we'll see if that happens anytime soon. In sports, well, lots of basketball as March Madness ramps up at the Pac-12 Women's Conference Tournament in Las Vegas. Both Oregon and Oregon State make their exits in the quarterfinal rounds. The Ducks fell to top seed Stanford 76-65, to while the Beavers lost to... Uh, it was Colorado, okay, sixty-two to fifty-four. Now Oregon still has a chance for postseason play, either in the NCAA or WNIT tournaments. We'll learn that next week. Men's college hoops: University of Portland is off to a hot start in the West Coast Conference tournament in Las Vegas. Pilots defeated San Diego ninety-two to seventy-four Whoa. last night in the opening round. Portland drilled a program and tournament record 3 three-pointers.
2: Really? 19-3s. for them.
1: Yeah, so and they advance now. They will play BYU tonight at 6 o'clock. So that game will be televised on Roots Sports. And in Pac-12 conference play, Oregon beat Cal, Oregon State fell to Stanford, and Washington State defeated Washington.
2: Well, St. Catherine Drexel, who we celebrate her feast day today, was a pioneer in many ways. After seeing the plight of Native Americans, she founded a religious order that she hoped would help relieve the suffering of the poor and vulnerable minorities of the country. She blazed a trail west, ministering to the Native Americans and African Americans so severely treated by much of the population. And by the end of her life, she had established well over a hundred missions. 50 schools for African-American children and 12 schools for Native Americans. Now, in 1922, the Ku Klux Klan started to target Mother Catherine and her work. The sisters received a letter that threatened to tar and feather the pastor at one of Drexel's schools and bomb his church in Beaumont, Texas. So what did the sisters do? The only thing they knew best, and that was to pray. Now, according to one account, just days later, a tornado came and destroyed the headquarters of oh, the wow. KKK. In fact, it killed two of the no, members. The sisters never threatened again. Yep. There Sam, you go. St. Catherine Drexel, pray for us. So
1: there is a Drexel University in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania.
2: Oh, yeah. I'm sure that's one perhaps that she founded herself. hmm
0: it's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community.
2: And this evening at 530 at St. Jude's uh, Parish in Eugene, it is their annual auction. This year's auction will be filled with hundreds of wonderful items to bid on, getaways, dining, theme baskets, fun jewelry, kids' stuff, and certificates. Now, $30 includes entrance, the delicious food with an international flavor, and a glass of beer or wine. Now, the proceeds benefit much-needed repairs to parish structures, which are home to projects serving the needy. And remember, you can find details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com, and the Hail Mary media app.
1: So we are going to speak with, I promise, this time, Ed Longwa, the Director of Communications at Catholic Charities of Oregon, right after the break.
2: Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our leadership circle members, including Holy Family Supply, Salem's Catholic Bookstore, located at 421 Court Street Northeast in downtown Salem. Holy Family Supply has a wide variety of Catholic gifts for all occasions, including Bibles, rosaries, statues, and holy cards. Holy Family Supply current hours and days of operation are available by phone at 503-588-1071.
3: Hello, this is Father Peter Julia, the Director of Vocations for the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon. Join me in praying the Memorare. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired with this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To you do I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
7: For more prayer resources, please download the free Hail Mary media app, or visit us online at materdayradio.com. We are leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin
4: Mary at Matre day Radio. Support for Matre day Radio comes from our leadership circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro, online at BestBuyBark.com or 503-645-6665.
9: What's your next mission from God? You do have one. We all do. God has something in mind for us right where we are. This is Julie Durko. Please join me on your next mission from God where the saints show us just how it's done. They've been through it
5: and sometimes they even got it wrong before they got it right. Listen to your next mission from God, Saturday mornings at 7.15 and Sunday mornings at 8.15, right here on the bridge between your faith and everyday life, Matri Day Radio.
2: And it is 7:44 here at Mater Day Radio. Scattered showers falling throughout the day today. Might even see though a few sun breaks in between. Downpours though could be heavy at times, so watch out for that. Highs today again still only getting us to the low to mid 40s today. Now rain continues overnight and we cool down to near freezing. So David, it is possible that we could see a little snow dusting, even snow falling down at least in the early morning hours. Now, showers will continue on Saturday, begin to lighten up on Sunday, highs on both days again, only to the lower to mid-40s, so going to yeah. be kind of a cool, wet weekend.
1: All right, 34 degrees at St. Mary's Church in Eugene.
2: And it is 38 degrees at Holy Redeemer Catholic Church in Portland.
1: Well, it is always so inspirational to see the many diverse ways Catholic Charities of Oregon impacts the lives of people throughout our community. To provide us with some recent examples of these inspirational stories is the Communications Director of Catholic Charities of Oregon. It's our good friend, Ed Longwa. Good morning, Ed.
6: Good morning, David. Good morning, everyone.
1: Well, great to talk with you today. And you know, we were talking earlier in the show and and see about this one for you. Today is Unplug Day, National Unplug Day. It would be hard to do your job as a news person, communications person anymore if you had to unplug for 24
6: hours, wouldn't it? You know, I do have notebooks and pencils around. It would kind of be refreshing to go back to what I did in the in the 80s and 90s.
1: Yeah, it's amazing how things have changed over the course of time. But things now, you can get news out a lot quicker. You can get information out to folks, particularly now for you, about all of the wonderful programs at Catholic Charities of Oregon and... You were so nice to send me some story ideas of things that you've been working on and things that have been happening with Catholic Charities. And as I mentioned in the opening, there are so many things that Catholic Charities of Oregon is involved with. I mean, when you came on board there, you probably had a little learning to
6: do. You know, David, I'd been writing about Catholic Charities for 30 years as a reporter, so I knew a little bit, but you're right. When I got there, I was amazed. I, I... you know, I'm starting to see how the sausage is made, yeah, and I like the place even more. Yeah, it, there's so so many people doing beautiful things. Frontline people working with people who are homeless, immigrants, refugees.
1: It's yeah,
6: it, it's pretty amazing.
1: No, it, it really is, and I mean, there's there's. Obviously, things going on every day. You happen to just send me uh, a few of these things that have been going on. And uh, it started, actually, this happened already, but I found it fascinating just what it was working on. And this was a webinar, and again, Catholic Charities of Oregon doing webinars, reaching out via the computers, if you will, uh, devices, not just hands-on, but ways that people can connect. And this had to do with uh, a catechist, Mike Carlotta, and Scott Hurd of Catholic Charities USA about informing parishes about trauma information I found very interesting.
6: You know, David, we've really been trying to reach out to parishes to uh, help them kind of syncopate with the Catholic Charities mission, and there's this idea out there of realizing, when you look at someone, say, who's homeless or addicted, instead of saying What's wrong with them? The question really is, well, what happened? Yeah, what happened to me? So they've gone through some kind of trauma, and it's good for us to all be aware of that. And Catholic Charities has begun doing that. Interestingly, the the building design, the transitional housing building right next to Catholic Charities headquarters, was designed with trauma in mind. Mm. They uh, there were studies that exposed wood. We're in the right place for exposed wood here in the Northwest. Right is a good thing in a in a building for people who have gone through trauma, so you'll notice the ceilings in the child's house, uh, transitional housing units are wood. There's lots of wood paneling. There's lots of uh, open space and light. It's not a long, dark hallway. There's open, you, you go outside to, uh, to get from place to place under covered walkways so that there's fresh air. Right. And uh, then there's also, of course, privacy if you need that, mm-hmm. but then community rooms when you're ready for that. So all these things about being trauma informed are, are, are just fascinating. Parishes can, can do a lot of this when they're talking about their outreach.
1: Right. And it must be when you talk about the natural wood, it's probably that gives that connection to nature, which is a little bit more calming. That would be my assumption.
6: I think you're absolutely right. There there are studies that going for a walk in the woods does it does something to our brains. Right. Uh, this is this is the way God has created us to respond to to divine creation, and it's healing for us. Uh, What a wonderful setup. Yeah, it's
1: wonderful. We're speaking with Ed Longlaw. He is the Communications Director for Catholic Charities of Oregon, and another story you sent me, Ed, and I think a lot of people have heard of the Kenton Women's Village in North Portland, and this story, I love this, The Lunch Ladies from Holy Redeemer Parish. Tell us about this story.
6: Sure. We titled this lunch among ladies. Yeah. The Holy Redeemer Parish, which you which you mentioned just before this uh, our interview began. I'm just glad to hear that. Um, there's a group of women who bring lunch to a place called Clinton Women's Village. This is a, a pod of tiny houses off Columbia Boulevard in, in North Portland. You can hear big trucks going by. Uh, it's it's an industrial area, but here. Catholic Charities and its staff, its manager Sherry Hadley there, have created a little community of uh, women who formerly didn't have homes, living in tiny houses, uh, and there are, again, communal areas where they can have lunch and cook. But once a month, the ladies of Holy Redeemer bring a lunch. They drive their cars over and carry tubs of lasagna or uh, tacos or something, and they, they set this lunch out, and they sit down and they have it with the with the residents of Kenton Women Village, and it becomes this encounter uh, among neighbors, because Holy Redeemer is just maybe a little over a mile away from Kenton Women's Village. And one of the residents told me what she likes most is the intergenerational mixing that makes happen, right. because the, the residents of the village tend to be on the younger side, and the. Well, I, the Holy Redeemer Ladies will probably admit that they're a little bit on the older side that's mm-hmm. that's where that goes so there's this beautiful engagement among it's a motherly thing or a grandmotherly thing uh, that I observed and and they talk about life and they, they talk about technology and the young the young people help the older people understand computers and they talk about children and it was a very touching thing. I was very glad to be a fly on the wall that day with my video camera.
1: Uh, what what a beautiful story! And and again, this is these are things that happen with with not a lot of fanfare, but it's just the humble service that these women from Holy Redeemer are providing.
6: And and they realize this: this human encounter is so important. And it's, yeah, you're right. It's not a big thing. It's lunch. Yeah, <laughs> but in a way, then it does become a big thing. And it, the steadiness of it is. So great during the pandemic, it uh, couldn't happen for a while, but now it's back.
1: yeah, it's what a what a great story, beautiful story. Then another one, too, that you informed me about, and this involved some uh, law students at Lewis and Clark College and the work that they're doing for Catholic charities.
6: That's right. I don't know if many people realize that Catholic Charities does uh, take in law school interns uh, from Lewis and Clark. also there. we've had a few from Willamette University, University of Oregon. And they fine-tune their skills in helping immigrants uh, kind of uh, achieve legal status. We want to do things right for these folks and help them get get residency in the United States legally, but there's just too many for the Catholic Charities attorneys to handle. So the law students have been a huge help, and at the same time, they learn real-life situations uh, of people and how the law applies to them. You know, these students have to study what's going on in the origin country, be it Colombia or Guatemala, because they need to understand the threats and the dangers in that home country in order to make uh, a case here in the United States for legal residency. So that's a lot of what the law students do. Uh, They also study case law, you know, examples from the past that might help. Uh, these residents gain legal status. Yeah,
1: you know, I I love these stories and hearing about that as well, because I think a lot of folks out there, they hear of Catholic Charities of Oregon and certainly are aware of it, but maybe do not know some of these stories that are occurring and what Catholic Charities of Oregon is doing to help these folks. It's great.
6: Yeah, and the parish is uh, really—we're going to try to reach out to parishes more and find ways to cooperate and tell the old parishes' story— Places like Holy Redeemer are just the tip of the iceberg. Lots of parishes are helping people on the margins like this, and we want to kind of tell everybody's story as much as we can. And gosh, David, you're, you've you been a big help in that.
1: Yeah, fantastic. I appreciate it. It's always great to have you guys on. And I want to mention, too, just with one minute to go so folks can get this on their calendar, we're going to be talking about this in, in, in further, maybe in a couple weeks now, with Natalie Wood, your executive director. Celebration of Hope, coming up April 21st a Friday. What a wonderful event. Going to be at the Portland Art Museum this year.
6: That's right. You can come to the Portland Art Museum or there's the opportunity to participate online too, David. And there'll be stories there. We've interviewed a really amazing Ukrainian refugee who escaped the war and is being helped by Catholic Charities. There'll be, uh, You'll hear from Natalie Wood. We're going to honor, of course, Joe Weston, who's oh. one of the great Catholic philanthropists Of Oregon, he doesn't uh, accept awards very often, and he's actually going to come, and so this is kind of a rare occasion to have Joe with us. He's been so vital to so many causes. Uh,
1: No doubt about it. Wonderful. Again, that's Friday, April 21st, Portland Art Museum. You can find out more on this information, catholiccharitiesoregon.org. Ed Longwa, Communications Director, Catholic Charities of Oregon. Ed, great to talk with you. Have a wonderful weekend, and thanks for all the stories.
6: Thanks for helping us tell them, David. All right. God bless.
2: And it is 7.54 here at Mater Day Radio. Always a great morning when Ed joins us. Thank you so much for the, it's the stories, yeah, right? It's those stories that really, you know, give meaning to all of the work and knowing that there are people that, yeah, that all of our hard work go to directly help. If you want to listen to that interview again, please go to our webpage, materdayradio.com. In fact, all of Ed's past discussions with you, David, can be found on our webpage. And that one that you just heard, well, you can listen to it again. Maybe you caught just a portion of it. Please go back and listen to it again. You'll also have full access to that on, along with the more than 2,000 people who yes. are now using the Hail Mary media app. Holy
10: Family Catholic Clinic is a proud member of Monterey Radio's Leadership Circle. Located at 21810 Willamette Drive in West Lynn, Holy Family Catholic Clinic is Christ-centered and provides superior, compassionate, life-affirming health care to patients of all ages. Holy Family Catholic Clinic offers medical services that are in adherence to Catholic moral teaching and bioethics, honoring the sanctity of life from conception to natural death. Learn more at holyfamilyclinic.com. That's holyfamilyclinic.com.
0: The bridge between your faith and everyday life. This is Modern Day Radio, KBVM, Portland, Salem, Vancouver, KMME, Cottage Grove, Eugene,
4: Springfield, Translator, K235VF, Eugene, and streaming at materdayradio.com. Is God calling you to do something different with your life? Join Mater
5: Radio's team as our new grant writer. Shape the future of Catholic media through this dynamic part-time position, offering you competitive pay and an exciting opportunity for remote work with flexible hours to suit your schedule. Get more details on the grant writer position and how to apply at materdeiradio.com. That's materdeiradio.com to join us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life at Mater Radio. Some are morning people.
0: Others are not. Either way, we help start your day off right. The Morning Blend with David and Brenda on Mater Day Radio.
1: It is 7.57 in Mater Day Radio and a new find in the Great Pyramids of Giza. We'll tell you about it in the
3: news.
2: And Bishop O'Connell is laid to rest in the Archdiocese of Giza. Los Angeles today, I'll have his story for you right after Awaken the Saint.
11: Hey everyone, I'm Sophia with Awaken Catholic and this is Awaken the Saint. If you inherited millions of dollars, what would you do with the money, let alone with the rest of your life? It's definitely not an easy question, but St. Catherine Drexel didn't hesitate and began with the poor. Catherine Drexel was born in Pennsylvania in 1858, right in the middle of some seriously turbulent times for the United States. The Civil War loomed just a few years away, and the nation was more divided than it had ever been. In spite of these circumstances, Catherine was doubly fortunate in her upbringing. She was born into a family that was both wealthy and kind. Her father was a pious and prayerful man, and her stepmother, charitably and regularly, allowed the poor into their home. With this kind of childhood environment, Catherine became a woman predisposed toward giving to others, but she didn't find her call to action until a trip to the Western United States in 1884. It was then that she became fully aware of the pitiful situation of the Native Americans who lived in poverty and misery. Following the deaths of her father and stepmother, Catherine and her two sisters were left with an inheritance of $15 million split between them. Catherine immediately began applying her funds in an effort to assist the suffering Native Americans. But it became obvious in time that they didn't just need money, but people. Catherine and her sisters were granted an audience with Pope Leo VIII, and Catherine took the opportunity to personally request missionaries to aid the cause she was in financing. The Pope looked at Catherine and said, why don't you become a missionary? Catherine was understandably shocked by the suggestion. Could you imagine being called out by the Pope himself like that? More than that, she seriously doubted her ability and worthiness to oversee such a task and asked for guidance from her spiritual director, Bishop James O'Connor. The bishop assured her that what mattered wasn't her ability, but her willingness to serve. Seeing that she'd been presented with a great opportunity, Catherine made the decision to dedicate herself to God, giving not just her wealth, but also her time to both Native Americans and African Americans who lived in tremendously difficult conditions. She founded the Sisters of the Blessed Sacrament for this purpose and continued to found and serve in over 50 schools and missions, stopping only when her health was compromised by a heart attack at 77 years old. She spent her remaining years in fervent prayer and contemplation, while her life's mission was carried on by the Sisters of the Blessed Sacrament. Catherine devoted her millions to the millions of marginalized people who needed her help. And while God doesn't give everyone a million dollars, He does give each of us a gift and the free will to decide when and where we apply them. Like St. Catherine, sometimes we're presented with opportunities, but feel we're not good enough. In those times, we can do as she did, pray and ask for spiritual direction. But above all, remember, God formed each and every one of us. And if we're good enough for him, we can be certain that without a doubt, our worth is priceless. May we too strive to use our gifts in service to God and bring about his eternal kingdom. St. Catherine Drexel, pray for us.
12: Thank you for tuning in to Awaken the Saint.
1: And that is Awaken the Saint. For more information about the saints or for Lenten resources, please download our free Hail Mary media app. Details at matradayradio.com. It's 801.
2: And in your news, as three days of memorial services began Wednesday for the late Los Angeles Auxiliary Bishop David O'Connell, who was murdered in his Hacienda Heights home on February 18th, Pope Francis and President Joe Biden commended the man known as a peacemaker. Los Angeles Archbishop Jose Gomez was the main celebrant of a 7 p.m. Memorial Mass in which O'Connell's younger brother attended and shared memories of growing up together in Ireland. In a message from Pope Francis read aloud at the beginning of Mass by Gomez, the Holy Father commended O'Connell, who was 69 years old, for his efforts to uphold the sanctity of life and his profound concern for the poor. Pope Francis remembered the bishop for his profound concern of the poor, the immigrants and those in need, his efforts to uphold the sanctity and dignity of God's gift of life and his zeal for fostering solidarity, cooperation and peace within the local community. Bishop David O'Connell's funeral mass has been scheduled for today at 11 a.m. at the Cathedral of Our Lady of the Angels.
1: U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken on Thursday said he urged his Russian counterpart to begin serious discussions to end the war in Ukraine and to return to implementing a nuclear arms treaty with the U.S. Speaking in a press briefing during a Group of 20 summit in India, Blinken said he told Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov to end this war of aggression and to engage in meaningful diplomacy that can produce a just and durable peace. The surprise encounter between Blinken and Lavrov was their first since the start of Russia's invasion of Ukraine more than a year ago. U.S. officials who spoke to reporters on condition of anonymity to discuss the private conversation said Blinken and Lavrov spoke for roughly 10 minutes on the sidelines of the conference in New Delhi. Blinken and Lavrov last had direct contact last summer when they spoke by phone about a U.S. proposal for Russia to release U.S. detainees Paul Whelan and formerly detained WNBA star Brittany Greiner.
2: Well, Clark County's median hourly wage outpaced inflation during the second quarter of last year, according to the latest labor market report from the Washington State Employment Security Department. However, the annualized wage for jobs in the county was $67,329, that's a 3.4% decline from the second quarter of 2021 after adjusting for inflation. Now Clark County's unadjusted empl- unemployment rate for December 4.6%. Now that's up from 4.5 in November and a low of 4% in October. Now home prices, well those have continued to decline in the area for seven consecutive months, dropping by an average of five percent though they were still up one percent over last year
1: i love these types of stories so this is a fascinating new find okay egypt's antiquities authorities i just like that name antiquities antiquities, antiquities, you say antiquities it so well yeah, antiquities authorities on thursday unveiled a newly discovered sealed off chamber what inside of one of the great pyramids of Giza just outside of Cairo that dates back some 4,500 years.
2: Oh, my gosh. Yeah.
1: So the corridor on the northern side of the pyramid of Khufu. 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 That's K-H-U-F-U. So Khufu, I guess. Yep, all right. Okay. It was discovered using modern scanning technologies. It measures nearly 30 feet in length and is over 6 feet wide, perched above the main entrance of the pyramid. Now, according to a researcher leading the project, various scanning techniques were deployed to locate the chamber, including ultrasound measurements and ground-penetrating radars. He hopes these technologies will lead to further finds within the pyramid. Now, archaeologists do not know what the function was of the chamber, which was not accessible from the outside, and it's not known what's in the chamber.
2: Okay. So if ancient Egyptians felt the need to seal a thirty foot long chamber yes. completely, best bet <laughs> is to leave it just don't alone. It. Yeah. I, don't I, open it. Yeah.
1: I don't think their plans there, <laughs> they are there are plans to open it, but it's interesting because it's the new technologies that's allowing them to find these new chambers.
2: That would make sense. Yeah. I'm sure that I mean with a pyramid of that size I, there's probably quite a bit yeah. that is unexplored still. Well, to mark Damian Lillard's 71 point performance, Adidas announced a reduced price of $71 for the Dame 8, Lillard's wow. signature shoe. Nice. The price reduction is for a limited time, marked down from a suggested retail price that ranges from $95 to $140. Now, the Daymate sneaker went on sale for $71 starting March 1st. Adidas didn't say when the price would return to normal. Adidas also put up two billboards, one in Portland and another in Lillard's hometown of Oakland that read from O to 71. Remember the why. Now, the sneaker and the apparel company also said it will donate $71,000 to a charity of Lillard's choice. Now, the billboard focuses on the letter O, which represents his hometown of Oakland Mm -hmm. and, of course, Oregon, the state where he's played and lived during his entire professional basketball career. That's cool. $71 shoes. I think that would be kind of a neat thing to have
1: you know what time it is?
2: What time is it?
1: It's Dame time. It is. And it is for the Portland Trailblazers tonight as they begin a six-game road trip in Atlanta to face the Hawks. So that game tips off at 4.30 our time. So what would that be? Is it a two-hour difference in Atlanta or three-hour? Uh, th- uh, uh, th- three.
2: Three is it? I okay.
1: think it's three. All right. Well, 4.30 here Pacific time. Some college baseball on Thursday at home. Oregon defeated San Diego 3-2 to at PK Park. Oregon State on the road where they edged Cal Poly 5-4. University of Portland baseball team sporting a record of 5-2 opens a four-game home series with Utah Valley this afternoon on the Bluff. First pitch at Joe Etzel Field slated for 3 o'clock. So the two teams will play a doubleheader tomorrow, then one game on Sunday. The Pilots impressed the nation this past weekend after defeating the 5th-ranked Texas A&M Aggies in two out of three games, and that was back in College Station, Texas. So wow, big win for the Pilots. So uh, off to a great start.
2: Fantastic. Well, this has become an annual competition that David, I just love. All right, to hear the results from, they are in of the Madison, Wisconsin snowplow naming contest, and they are just. Hilarious.
8: <laughs>
2: now, the city's chief salting truck will now be named for the year Saltimus Prime after receiving a total 1,630 volts, of course, named after Optimus Prime of the Transformers series. You oh, didn't know that. I did not know that. I could tell that, that blank yeah, look I on was, your face. I
1: didn't know where you were going with that. So.
2: <laughs> well, a smaller agile ba- bike path plower will now be named Snowby Juan Kenobi.
1: I got the uh, Star Wars uh-huh. reference.
2: And then Seymour Pavement is to be the name of the city's loader plow, while dual wing plow truck will be dubbed Dolly Plowton.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's good.
2: Now, so it's a joy and a, th- a shame as some of the other entries were pretty smart for Game of Thrones fans. It was a pity that the salt truck didn't receive enough votes for Brine of Tarth. In the Game of Thrones series, there was oh, Brienne okay. of Tarth. Uh, honorable mention should be given out for Kino Freeze and Albert Brinstein. And to <laughs> chemistry students who came up with Snowdium Clearide. Ah,
8: <laughs> now, idea. Minnesota's
2: 2022 contest came up with some real zingers, the best of which most certainly must be Clearopathra. <laughs> but scoop, there it is. Yeah. That ain't too bad That's, either. Those are clever. So they do get a good workout, those snow plows in Madison. They get an average of about 53 inches of uh, snow Hell, a year yeah. Madison. They're working. Uh, but today, the snow plows are in a little bit of a rest because, yeah, it looks a little bit like Portland today in Madison, Wisconsin.
0: It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community.
2: And of course, tomorrow morning, it is that talk on the integration of faith and science happening at Mount Angel Abbey. That begins at 1030 at the Library Auditorium. There are talks by Drs. Steve and Shannon Mayer. They are science professors at the University of Portland. Remember, you can find details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app
1: is it dina marie joins us next
2: dina marie and father kabicki going to be talking more about saint catherine drexel all right
4: after the forecast support for mater Dei radio comes from our leadership circle members including best buy in town landscape supply since 1984 best buy in town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services including bark dust blowing rock soil sod and recycler of yard debris located at 2200 cornelius pass road in Hillsboro online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665.
1: Support from Otra Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including True North Retirement Advisors, A Clear Path to Financial Freedom. With decades of experience, True North Retirement Advisors helps business owners exit their business and retire with financial security. Information on how to get started with the business exit strategy plan and scheduling a no-cost consultation is available
5: online at truenorthretirementadvisors.com. Prayer is one of the three pillars of Lent, and Matrade Radio is ready to offer up your special intentions during this holy season. Our committed team of prayer warriors wants to hear from you by clicking Pray on the Hail Mary media app or matradayradio.com. Call them directly with your request at 503-285-3737. That's 503-285-3737. You can keep praying with Matraday Radio during Lent through our daily broadcast of the celebration of Holy Mass, the mysteries of the Rosary, and the Chaplet of Divine Mercy plus their stirring Lenten reflections, special features on the morning blend, and the stations of the cross of our Lord's passion at seven o'clock on Friday nights. Pray your way through Lent into Easter with the Hail Mary media app and Mater Dei Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.
2: the 813 here at Ma radio will highest today. Still on the low side, we uh, only going to get to the low to mid 40s to gain uh, downpours heavy today at times along with scattered showers, but it's also possible that the sun Make a little appearance in between. Now, there is a possibility tomorrow waking up to a little light snow, mainly in the higher elevations. And then showers going to continue on on Saturday and then begin to lighten up a little bit on Sunday.
1: All right. 32 degrees at St. Philip Church in
13: Dallas.
2: And it is 42 degrees at St. Philip's Catholic Church in Woodland.
13: Good morning. This is Dina Marie, host of Faith Moments and the voice of the shepherd, with a saint moment on Day Radio. During the month of March, we continue our 40 day Lenten journey in the wilderness, and walking with us are our brothers and sisters in Christ who have gone before us, the saints. Jesuit priest Father James Kubicki is back with us this month to provide some insight and inspiration on the lives of the saints. Welcome back, Father James. Great to have you with us during our Lenten journey.
12: Thank you. Thank you very much, Dina Marie. I'm glad to be able to share this wonderful season with you and our listeners.
13: Well, we begin the month of March, actually the very first week of March, looking at a woman, pretty interesting background from St. Catherine Drexel from the United States. I always love hearing about these saints who are right here and called to serve, but she has a pretty interesting background. March 3rd is her feast day. Give us some background on this St. Catherine Drexel.
12: Well, she was born in 1858, and she lived almost 100 years. She died in 1955, was canonized in the year 2000. She came from a very wealthy family, the Drexel family of Philadelphia. And after her father and stepmother died, so her stepmother died first, and then her father died in the year 1885, she inherited millions of dollars. Um, The equivalent today of $250 million. And she had a heart for those who were poor because her family as she was growing up would allow people three times a week, they would come if they had needs right to their home and find clothing and food and medicine available to them. And so you can see her family uh, didn't just donate money to good causes. But they made their donations a very personal thing. They gave them personally to people. And so in that environment, I think St. Catherine Drexel grew up with an attentiveness to those who were in need and uh, a realization that the possessions she had, the wealth that her family had, was not something that she could hold on to that um, the gospel tells us not to build bigger barns in which to uh, store away our possessions and uh, things that we accumulate, but that we should be open to the needs of the poor. And so in that environment, her family had uh, traveled from Philadelphia out to Nebraska, South Dakota, and along the way they met Native American people who had just uh, recently been confined to reservations where their, their life was pretty desperate, as well as freed black slaves who were, again, also struggling to make a, a life for themselves. And her heart was touched by that. And so after her father died, the first mission that she helped found was St. Francis Mission on the Rosebud Reservation, where I worked from uh, 2017 until just last year, 20. 22. And it was um, named after her father, Francis, uh, the first mission that she helped found with uh, part of her inheritance.
13: Wow. It's so amazing just to see, we sometimes think the lives of the saints have so many decades or hundreds of years before us, but really St. Catherine Drexel making so much impact here in the United States. What can you tell us about St. Francis Mission, just a little bit about how her mission has grown and, and your own you know, contribution to that mission?
12: Well, the Jesuits, my order, we were invited by uh, Chief Spotted Tail and uh, then his successor, Chief Two-Strike they had gone, both of them, to Washington, D.C. at one time or another and requested from the president to have a school. They didn't want to send their children away to Carlisle, Pennsylvania or to other schools. Um, They wanted to have a school right on the reservation so their children would be close to their families, close to home. And so they... um, The government allowed that to happen, and uh, the Jesuits were invited then and began St. Francis Mission as a school to help the native children learn um, English, first of all, because in many cases the uh, native peoples were asked to sign treaties that they did not understand because they did not know English, they could not read and write, and so they would just put an X on the treaty. And so, again, Chief Spotted Tail wanted his people to learn the language so that they would never be cheated by signing something they did not understand. And so St. Francis Mission began as a school and also many parishes around the Rosebud Reservation. Uh, The school was transferred to the tribe in the 1970s. But in my time there, I worked with the five parishes and we had other programs addressing the... Health needs of the people. We had a dental clinic. We had recovery programs for those dealing with alcoholism or addiction. And so uh, for us, it was very much a matter of uh, the church walking with the people in a very poor county of the United States and uh, being Jesus for them by performing the works of mercy.
13: Mm. I'm talking with Father James Kubicki on this beautiful feast day of St. Catherine Drexel, which we celebrate on the 3rd of March and really seeing her impact and to have so much influence around her, Father James, in terms of the financial influence of her father, but she, Obviously, through her upbringing, through her faith, she wasn't tempted that this is all for me. This is something that I'm going to have for myself. But just this outpouring of generosity. I mean, this is the big aspect of almsgiving, I think, of as we try to really emulate that during the Lenten season. Give us a little sense of just the example of St. Catherine Drexel and just how she lived her life eventually as a religious.
12: That's right. So um, in the 18 80s late 1880s 18 or beginning of the 1890s she went on a pilgrimage to rome and she had the opportunity to have a private audience with pope leo the 13th uh, she told pope leo about the needs of the native people in the united states and she asked pope leo to send missionaries and you can just imagine pope leo looking at her and saying well what about you why don't you go and serve their needs and so she entered religious life Uh, went through a novitiate with the Mercy Sisters, but then began her own congregation called the Sisters of the Blessed Sacrament. And it was a, a congregation that was founded primarily to serve the needs of Native Americans and African Americans in the United States. So she gave not only of her wealth, but also of herself. And I think for us, the lesson, especially as we look at Lent and almsgiving, we may contribute money that is very needed for different programs um, uh, and charitable organizations. But I think one of the greatest gifts we can give is the gift of ourself. And we can do that by giving the gift of our time. So to ask ourselves, are there people in my life, in my parish, in my city, who are lonely, abandoned, forgotten, and uh, can I give them some of my time By calling them, uh, perhaps emailing them, writing a letter to them. It could be within our own family, uh, someone that we have not seen in a while or communicated with. We can follow the Lenten practice of almsgiving by giving the most precious thing we have, which is our time. Yeah. Yeah.
13: It is so important. I hear so many stories that that really is what changes our hearts. When we spend that time with another person, just with a smile, just, we don't even need to say anything. We don't need to teach theology. The theology That's comes through our love of God and how we treat right. one another. That's Absolutely.
12: right. And you know, Pope St. Paul VI, when he wrote the Apostolic Exhortation on Evangelization, he said, in the modern world today, people don't normally listen to teachers. And if they do listen to teachers, it's because the teachers also live what they say. And so he said, the world listens more to witnesses, to those who witness to the faith, than to those who teach the faith. And so I think that's where, again, the works of mercy or uh, giving our time to others, it, it it can be just a simple presence where we're with them and they know that we're following the command of Jesus to love one another by the time we spend with them. And it's, it's not so much what we say, but what we do.
13: Yeah. And what a great witness, I think, for St. Catherine Drexel to to begin this religious community. Again, how many hundreds of sisters have followed in her footsteps and touched so many lives, and they continue to be touched today. And we can just do our part in following as well. Um, Now, she named her order of the Blessed Sacrament. What's the connection of her love of the Blessed Sacrament and the life that she lived?
12: Well, I think you know we see the same thing in the life of St. Teresa of Calcutta, uh, Mother Teresa, that it was her love for the Eucharist that led to her to live a life of charity. Uh, the two go together. An interesting thing about St. Francis' mission and the Blessed Sacrament is this. The first church burned down around 1917. It was rebuilt and dedicated in the year 1922. St. Catherine Drexel traveled to South Dakota with a monstrance for the occasion. the monstrance remains at St. Francis' mission to this day, but during this time of Eucharistic revival, the Rapid City Diocese asked for it to be allowed to travel around the diocese, spend a week at a time in the different parishes, so that the people could engage in Eucharistic adoration using a monstrance that this great saint had given to the diocese through St. Francis' mission.
13: So beautiful. It just reminds us, again, being in the presence of Jesus, receiving Jesus' true presence, In the Holy Eucharist, that's what fuels us to live our lives out and to be of such service. Again, Father James Kubicki with us in the month of March to reflect on the saints and our Lenten journey. Thanks so much, Father James, for spending some time with us to give us another look at St. Catherine Drexel, which I hope people will learn more about and bring her to your prayer intentions and ask her to help you in the ways of prayer, fasting and almsgiving. And with that, Father James, would you help us close with a prayer and your blessing?
12: Definitely. Through the intercession of St. Catherine Drexel, who was a great lover of the Eucharist and had a deep love for the poor, we ask you to bless us, Heavenly Father. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit descend upon you and remain with you forever and ever. Amen.
13: Amen. Thank you so much, Father James. We'll look forward to talking with you in the next few days.
12: Sounds good.
2: And it is 825 here at Mater Day Radio. Well, the weekend is upon us. And are you looking to do some things this weekend? Well, look no further than Mater Day Radio's community calendar. There are things on there you can do, well, starting tonight. You're also going to have access to that community calendar with an integrated map system on our 2000 downloaded app, Hail Mary Media.
6: Would you like to gain a deeper understanding of the Holy Mass? Hello, this is Terry Ross. Join me on Mater Day Radio each Saturday afternoon at four and Sunday afternoon at two for the glory of the Mass. Every weekend, we'll explore the rich history of sacred music within the Catholic liturgy. Increase your appreciation for the beauty and sanctity of Catholic sacred music with the glory of the Mass, Saturday and Sunday afternoons on Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life.
0: It's good to the very last drop. The Morning Blend, on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio.
1: 827 at Mater Day Radio and Portland Police rolling out a new fleet of vehicles. We'll tell you about it in the
2: news. And that's story plus more coming up in three minutes. Here is Matt Marr with Lenten Music, Abide With Me. We are the Morning Blend on Mater Day Radio.
14: I have a
3: home Eternal home But for now I walk this broken world You walked it first You know our pain But you show hope Can rise again up from the grave Abide with me
14: Bye.
1: Is Matt Marr and abide in me. It's eight thirty one at Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life.
2: And in your news, a new rescript from Pope Francis will mean an increase in the cost of housing for senior Vatican officials. Belt tightening measure that is part of a broader effort to centralize the assets. Of the Holy See. Now, the document explains that Pope Francis has decided to abolish any arrangement for the use of free or advantageous lodging for cardinals, heads of dicasteries, presidents, and others. Now, the prices of flats intended for other employees will not be affected. Now, the motivation for the decision, the document explains, is that of meeting the growing commitments that the Holy See is facing for the fulfillment of the services of the Universal Church and the needy. And therefore, it says the need to reserve to the Apostolic See more resources also by increasing the revenue of real estate management. So. But he's going to have to pay uh, for their rooms. Of course, you remember that very famous picture when Pope Francis was first elected. He had to travel home or move after he was there for the conclave. Right. Trying to pay his bill at the front desk of (laughs) the apartment.
1: I remember that. Well, while we've had a pretty snowy February in Portland, what a winter it has been in California, especially when it comes to snowfall. Almost 12,000. Feet of white stuff has piled up at Donner Pass in California, Seattle, Nevada Mountains, Sierra Nevada Mountains in the past seven days. That's just in the past seven days. How many feet? 12
2: feet. Oh goodness.
1: That's, that's, a, that's lot a lot, of, lot snow. of snow. Yeah so and that runs through March 1st. More snow is expected this weekend by the way. Five months into this winter or water year beginning October 1st more than 44 feet has fallen at the University of California Berkeley's field research station in the sierras 44 feet
2: (laughs) wow it's amazing that's a lot of snow uh
1: that's more than double by the way the average for this time of year university's snow lab manager said it is the snowiest october through february dating back to 1970 ski resorts in the tahoe region have unofficially received over 30 feet of snowfall Including February's totals. Now, Western states, especially California, led the country in snowfall since the beginning of October, according to data from the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. So, we talked earlier about that, you know, they need the water, they obviously. They certainly do. Yeah.
2: I've been over Donner Pass before when there is snow. It's, it's treacherous because yeah. you really do get up there, but there wasn't 12 feet of snow, that's that for sure. Amazing. Well, Father Michael Kuber has been appointed as the new Hispanic Ministry Director, in the Archdiocese of Portland. Father Mike, as he's known to his congregation, has long been preaching to first-generation Hispanic immigrants and their children, and spreading the gospel from the Saint Anne Parish in Gresham, where he served for more than seven years, first as deacon in 1999, then as pastor from 2002 to 2005. 2009. Then he was the pastor at Church of the Assumption in a Richfield, Minnesota, a parish with a large Hispanic population. He served there until 2020. Now, since that time, Father Mike was an adjunct professor at preaching at Catholic University of America. Currently, in addition to leading Hispanic ministry, he teaches homiletics to seminarians at Mount Angel Seminary. All right.
1: Well, you will soon see a new look of Portland police cars patrolling the streets of the Rose City. The Bureau announced yesterday that it has spent a little over $10 million on 144 patrol cars at about $70,000 each. The fleet of new marked patrol cars are upgraded with new features and have a solid black color scheme instead of the blue and white. The Bureau has 66 of the new cars in its possession and 78 are still in production. The Bureau waited almost two years for the new cars due to supply chain issues in the auto industry, according to a Portland police spokesman. Now, the first batch of updated vehicles will hit the road next week, with the rest being deployed over the next two months. Now, most are Ford Intercept utility vehicles, which are a hybrid. so interesting. That's, Yeah, that, that is interesting. They're all-wheel drive models. So, yeah, again, you're going to start to see those here over the next several weeks.
2: Well, despite growing resistance, the Oregon Department of Transportation has been moving forward with new tolls set for I-205 and I-5 around Portland. Now, sometime next fall, ODOT expects to roll out the first of these tolls on the Abernathy and Tualatin River bridges along I-205 near Oregon City. But a new bill working its way through the Oregon legislature would force ODOT to hit the brakes on its plans. Under the bill, the Oregon Transportation Commission would not be able to assess tolls on I-205 or I-5, though it would allow for tolling on the I-5 bridge over the Columbia River, the Old and the new one. Hmm. Now, ODOT says they need the tolls on the bridges to pay for constructions. And they also argue that they need the tolling to pay for the gas tax money they are losing to electric vehicles and a more efficient cars and trucks. So getting over any of these bridges and tolling is going to run you anywhere between $0.55 to $2.22, depending on time of day and day of the week.
1: So I didn't realize that they were looking at 205 first for tolling. Yes. Because I always thought thought it was I-5.
2: Well, that's when it comes to the bridges going over the Columbia River. Right. These are just the bridges that are within the state of Oregon Mm -hmm. that it's going to affect a lot of people.
1: All right. See if it happens. In sports, lots of basketball as March Madness ramps up at the Pac-12 Women's Conference Tournament in Las Vegas. Both Oregon and Oregon State make their exits in the quarterfinal rounds. The Ducks fell to top seed Stanford 76-65, while the Beavers lost to Colorado 62-54. Oregon still has a chance for postseason play either in the NCAA or NWIT tournaments. Men's College Hoops, University of Portland off to a hot start in the West Coast Conference Tournament in Las Vegas. The Pilots defeated San Diego 92-74 last night in the opening round. Portland drilled a program and tournament record 19 three-pointers in the contest. The pilots will now take on BYU tonight, 6 o'clock. That's the second-round game that will be televised on Root Sports. In Pac-12 conference play last night, Oregon beat Cal. Oregon State fell to Stanford, and Washington State defeated Washington.
0: It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community.
2: And coming up on March 11th, please get this on your calendar. Beginning at 9 o'clock is a Lenten Day retreat with Father Timothy Gallagher. It's happening at St. Edward's Parish in Kaiser. In this retreat, Father Gallagher will explore the 14 rules and guidelines of St. Ignatius of Loyola for overcoming spiritual discouragement. And remember, you can find details on these and other events. Go to the community calendar at materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app.
1: What do we have coming up in the interview?
2: Well, David, together we advocate.
1: All right, you'll hear about it right after the
4: forecast.
1: Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including University of Portland, dedicated to excellence and innovation in the classroom. Ranked as one of the top colleges in the West by U.S. News and World Report, the University of Portland is home to robust undergraduate and graduate programs in its colleges of arts and sciences and its schools of business, education, engineering, and nursing. Learn more at up.edu.
7: Hello, I'm Kevin Doran. And I'm Carla Wehrman, co-host of Sunday Commentary. Join us every weekend on Monterey Radio,
1: Saturday mornings at seven and Sunday mornings at eight, as we break down the scripture readings so you can better prepare to enter into the beauty and mystery of the Holy Mass.
7: It's fun, fast, and faith-filled. Let us share our love of the good news with you.
13: Saturday mornings at seven and Sunday mornings at eight on Modern Day Radio.
1: The bridge between your faith and everyday life. And it is eight forty-one at Modern Day Radio. Well, kind of an interesting forecast again for the greater Portland area. Winter weather advisory in effect from four a.m. tomorrow morning until noon. Wet snow <laughs> expected. Total accumulations of one half inch to two inches. Pretty much above 1,000 feet. Okay. So if you're traveling around elevation in the greater Portland area, be aware of that. Tomorrow morning you could see some heavy snow up there. Just down here in the lowlands, there is a chance of a wintry mix. High today, 44 degrees. A low overnight tonight, 34 degrees. 90% chance of rain, breezy possibly. And then again for Saturday, rain, snow, rain, mix, All of the above. High of 43 on Saturday.
2: Currently, it is 40 degrees at the Proto-Cathedral of St. James the Greater in Vancouver.
1: And it is 39 degrees at St. John Fisher Church in Portland.
2: Well, it is the best opportunity in the Pacific Northwest for pro-life training, networking, and inspiration. Together We Advocate is coming up on March 4th at Rolling Hills Community Church in Tualatin. Oregon Right to Life will bring together the community a panel of speakers to cover topics from conception to natural death. And joining me once again this morning is Lois Anderson, Executive Director of Oregon Right to Life, who are sponsors of the event. Good morning, Lois. Thanks so much for joining us once again on the Morning Blend. It's always good to be with you, Brenda. Well, first, Lois, before we talk about this upcoming conference, it sounds amazing. We would love to hear how things went for the March for Life this year.
10: Oh, we had a wonderful event. Um, The speakers were um, enthusiastic and inspirational. We were always uh, thrilled to have Archbishop Sample there. And he just really kicked us off with a great encouragement to Keep going and to keep working in in Oregon as we advocate for for life and for mothers for babies. Um, and uh, we also had a very uh, poignant, emotional um, presentation from a Marion County Commissioner, Daniel Bethel, who experienced. Um, unexpected pregnancy as a teenager and actually had an abortion. And now she has a beautiful family and, and welcomed a new granddaughter. And she talked about how important it was for just people to reach out to her and understand, um, even though she felt um, that she would be judged. And so it was a really wonderful encouragement to the crowd of how to, as we advocate for babies, to also remember that the moms, um, are really important part of that um, equation as well, and we had other other speakers and a wonderful band. So and a very large crowd. It, of course, uh, uh, estimating how many people are at an event like that is always very difficult, but um, we estimated somewhere around uh, thirty five hundred people were there, and it's a very encouraging crowd. And it was supposed to rain. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, the, it started raining just as the marchers were coming back and
2: completing the march. So. Incredible. That's it. Just <laughs> it hold off for incredible. a little bit. Rain, snow, it doesn't matter, though. We will not let our voices be silenced for those who are most vulnerable, and that includes those in the womb. I am speaking this morning with Lois Anderson. She is the executive director of Oregon Right to Life. Well, Lois, for those who were inspired in a unique way, there is more that Oregon Right to Life is prepared to do to help lead this, really this next generation, maybe even, of pro-life marchers and those that are going to be really working within this movement. Together We Advocate is a one-day conference. It's coming up on March 4th. Can you share with us a little bit as to why this type of information and training is important for the pro-life movement?
10: There's a lot of reasons, but I'll just highlight two. One is that it is so important for us to be reminded that we are not alone. Um, Many of our pro-life advocates, sometimes you feel that way. Maybe you have a small group at your church, or maybe it's something that you're doing on your own. You may be the only pro-life person in your family or your friend group. This is an opportunity to spend a whole day with hundreds of other people that share your values that you can sit next to, that um, you can maybe even meet and have lunch with and be um, together. And it really is an important aspect of the day. And, of course, our movement and the issues surrounding it and the information surrounding it are constantly changing. So it really is important even for Longtime advocates to come and be refreshed and get new information, and then also we provide a lot of sort of that entry-level information. If you're someone that's just looking around and thinking, I really need to find a way to get involved, this is the place to be because you'll have lots of opportunities to hear some good information as well as ideas for how you can help in your community.
2: Well, it looks like it's going to be an amazing event. It's been happening at Rolling Hills Community Church for a little while now, so people should be familiar with that. You have also an amazing lineup of speakers. Tell our listeners a little bit about who you have coming and what they're going to be talking about.
10: Well, uh, we have some of our best local folks. Um, Dr. William Toffler uh, is going to be doing two different sessions on end-of-life issues and assisted suicide. He is an internationally and nationally known expert on these issues and a wonderful speaker. Mm -hmm. Um, We also have Dr. Debbie Canepa, who was um, a retired biology and embryology professor um, who is going to be doing a session on um, the on human development and the the beautiful development of the babies in the womb? Um, and then we have a a workshop um, about maternity homes, which is a wonderful and important pro life ministry. And um, a local leader of Road to Hope Maternity Home is going to be presenting about that ministry. And then we have these amazing speakers that we're bringing from around the country. Dr. George Delgado is one of the early pioneers of the abortion pill reversal protocol. Um, He is going to be our final session, as well as we have two powerful testimonies from a mother who saved the life of her baby through the protocol and a mother that um, tragically ended the life of her baby through the abortion pill reversal. And or through the abortion pills. She, she wasn't aware of the reversal, but this is, um, really important for every pro-lifer to understand and be aware of because abortions via the two different pills, um, or sets of pills has taken over as the most common abortion procedure in Oregon and nationally. So it's, it's, it's critical, um, that we, that we know that everybody is informed and we have one of the uh, you know the foremost experts here to to talk to us about it um and we also have a a former Planned Parenthood director who actually was successful in um suing Planned Parenthood which um, is an extraordinary story yeah um and for for our general sessions and um we're just really excited to to welcome them and um to have a, a wonderful day of um education and, and advocacy.
2: Well, again, it sounds to be such an amazing day, Lois. And as you said, it's important for well-seasoned advocates for pro-life to find out all the latest information because we know this is an industry that is continuing to find more ways to end the lives of the most innocent and Well, technology is allowing us more and more ways to push and fight back against that. Again, Lois Anderson joining us today. We're talking about Together We Advocate. It is a day conference coming up on March 4th, beginning at 8 a.m., running until 5.30 at Rolling Hills Community Church. Well, tell our listeners a little bit about how they're going to be able to register, find out more information. And you have an amazing sponsor that's really going along with you to ensure that as many people as possible can attend the event?
10: Um, yes, well, people can, we can um, go online to our website, ortl.org slash conference, or you can just go on the website and um, click on the events tab and uh, our online registration. We really encourage people to register by Monday, by this coming Monday. Um, that way we can assure that you will have a lunch because lunch is provided as part of the registration. Um, you can also call the office to register. And that number is 503-463-8563. And um, we do have um, wonderful sponsors that that help us um, put this event on. We the registration charge does not cover all of the cost of the event, and we want to keep it um, fairly affordable because for, for families and for individuals. We don't want it to be a financial um, burden. So um, we are really grateful for them. And uh, when you come to the conference, you'll get a book that will be have all of them listed. And um, it's been a program that has allowed us, really, to these wonderful sponsors to allowed us to continue to have this program over the years.
2: Oh, fantastic. And yes, definitely uh, sign up when you can, and it's sure to be a great event. Lois, we wish you all the best. Thanks so much for joining us again. It sounds like it's going to be a wonderful day. Uh,
10: Thank you so much, and I look forward to
2: seeing everyone there. And again, that is Lois Anderson. So the event is called... Together We Advocate. I will be sure to add a link to the podcast of this interview where you're going to be able to get right to the registration. You're going to find that link at MaterDayRadio.com and the Hail Mary media app.
1: And it is 8.52 at MaterDay Radio. It's David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend. Maybe we're going to do a little uh, garage cleaning this weekend coming right up. Well, you have an old car, truck, boat, motorcycle, RV, you can donate that vehicle to Mater De Radio's vehicle donation program. Just go to our website, click on the Get Involved menu, Vehicle Donation. It'll take you to the main page with all the information right there. Really quick and easy process, just a couple forms to fill out. You're good to go. A likely tax deduction for you as well. That is Mater De Radio's vehicle donation program on our website at materdayradio.com or through the Hail Mary media
4: app. Are you a young adult in your 20s or 30s? Are you looking to bring Christ into your everyday work? Hi, I'm Jesse Jose, the president of the Portland Chapter of Young Catholic Professionals. Our mission is to challenge, train, and inspire young adults to work in Witness for Christ. No matter your career field or level of experience, we invite you to join us at an upcoming event to build community, learn from seasoned professionals, and grow in your Catholic faith. For more information, visit ycpportland.org.
5: Is God calling you to do something different with your life? Join Mater Radio's team as our new grant writer. Shape the future of Catholic media through this dynamic part-time position, offering you competitive pay and an exciting opportunity for remote work with flexible hours to suit your schedule. Get more details on the grant writer position and how to apply at materdeiradio.com. That's materdeiradio.com to join us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life at Mater Radio.
0: The Morning Blend, Western Oregon and Southwest Washington's number one Catholic morning show. On the bridge between your faith and everyday life, Day Radio.
1: And it is 854 at Mater Dei Radio. Well, there is a winter weather advisory in effect beginning at 4 a.m. tomorrow morning, running through noon. That's in the greater Portland area, mostly for over 1,000 feet. But just be aware if you're driving around, could see some snowflakes tomorrow, a high of 44 degrees. Then tonight, down to 34, rainy and breezy, by the way. Then Saturday, as we mentioned, possible rain, snow, mix high of 43. Sunday, eh, about a 50% chance, maybe a few snowflakes again in the forecast as well with a high of 45. It is currently 39 degrees in the Rose City.
2: And closing out our show today, it's PJ Anderson, and your grace is amazing. You are listening to The Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life.
14: Amazing in grace thou sweet the sound that saved a
3: wretch
14: like me I once was lost but now I'm found was blind but now I see it was grace that taught my heart to fear and grace my fears freely.
3: how precious dear
14: that, that grace, grace would be for the, the hour I first believed. Yeah. Your grace is amazing. Your grace is amazing. Yeah. And it is the one thing that truly sets me free. Your grace Ziri Is amazing. Your grace is amazing. Yeah, and it is the one thing that truly really sets Your grace is amazing.
1: is PJ Anderson and your grace is amazing it's 859 at Monterey Radio that's going to wrap it up for the Morning Blend this week. Thank you to everyone who's tuned in this week, to all of our wonderful guests. We do appreciate it. Big plans for the weekend?
2: Uh, They are developing, but I think that there might be some shopping in my future ah, days.
1: okay. <laughs> well, hopefully you can drive around.
2: I hope <laughs> yes. so. I But th- that's no stay in the higher elevations Absolutely. for sure. Well, that is going to wrap it up for us on the mm-hmm. Morning Blend on this Friday morning. We hope you have a very blessed day stay safe this weekend. We'll be back on Monday.